Hey everybody, and welcome to Lights Out, a foreign horror film podcast. I'm KJ, and on this week's episode, I'm going to be discussing the 2009 Yorgos Lanthimos horror film, <laughs> Dogtooth. The reason I almost, <laughs> I guess I questioned saying horror film, I, you know, I kind of went back and forth with my introduction saying, should I say it's a horror film? But I feel like since this is a horror um, podcast, I kind of have to say horror film, <laughs> and you know, I have to argue the point that it's a horror film, but Many people are actually not going to consider Dogtooth a horror film. I think if anyone knows Yorgos Lanthimos and knows, has watched his films, he his movies really don't have a genre, like don't fit in any genre. He's basically his own genre at this point. If anyone, like I said, most people, he's pretty popular now. But the reason I decided to, you know, watch this film this week, you know, I was looking for you know, some horror films and looking through different countries and trying to find something I haven't watched because I'm trying to watch newer films that I haven't watched because I've actually watched a lot of foreign horror films, you know, in the past. And eventually I'm going to get back to probably rewatching them and reviewing them just because there's a lot of films I really, really love and want to talk about. But I'm trying right now just to kind of watch new, not newer, but films that I have not watched along with newer films, you know, getting released in 2020 and 2021 this year. But Dogtooth is a film I've put off for a little while now, and you know I've heard great things about it. And it's not his first film; it's I think it's his second feature-length film. But I watched a few years ago. I think in twenty seventeen was when The Lobster came out, and The Lobster was actually, I believe, if I go back in my letterbox, my favorite film of that year for just horror and all films combined. I really, really loved The Lobster, and that was my first um, Yorgos Lanthimos film, and I remember you know, going towards the end of the year of that year. I think, like I said, either 2016 or 2017. And it was kind of, I used to actually really follow the awards season a lot more before I got into, you know, I've always watched horror films, but for I went through a period where I was really watching a lot of Oscar movies and, you know, those type of films, a lot of dramas and I would say, you know, indie films. And your The Lobster was starting to get, you know, some praise and i think it actually got uh, nominated for original screenplay and that's how i first you know found yorgos lanthimos and i absolutely loved the lobster i thought it was so funny so weird so different and kind of disturbing as well i just was completely like blown away with that film and i will still say after watching dogtooth that the Lobster is still probably my favorite Yorgos Lanthimos film. And this is probably my, Dogtooth is probably second. I've only watched four of his films. I've watched, like I said, The Lobster. I've watched The Killing of a Sacred Deer, which is probably his actual, like, out of all his films, most horror film, most horror, yeah, film. Because that movie is really, really dark and bleak. And I really did like that film, but it was almost so bleak and dark and I almost just I didn't know if I actually liked it or if I didn't like it I just watched it and kind of had like no emotion besides just being like wow that was just pretty bleak <laughs> but I really but I did enjoy that film it's really well made and it does have his you know if anyone you know if you're new to him or don't really know his style but his um, characters they just like talk in this very monotone no <laughs> expression which I kind of like I said when I watched the lobster I really, really like that. It just fit that movie perfectly. The monotone, the straightforward talking without, you know, really any expression or, you know, really anything behind, you know, like their voices. And I don't, it really worked for the lobster. Killing of the Sacred sacred Deer goes that route as well. 
and because that movie i really didn't find it funny at all like there might have been some funny parts of it i've you know i think i actually bought it but i have it you know digitally i bought because i was so excited to watch it but i haven't rewatched it and that's a that has colin firth in it as well as the lobster but and then i watched the favorite which the favorite is kind of what put him i would say more mainstream a lot of i would say u.s um film you know people that watch film now know yorgos yorgos lanthimos his name because the favorite came out and that was you know a huge hit especially for you know like i said oscar movies he got nominated for i believe best picture i think he might even got nominated for best director i don't remember but and olivia coleman won for that movie and i actually liked the favorite it wasn't like i said for some reason it did you know that, that movie was loved everyone loved that film and i just i liked it i wasn't you know totally in love with it. i think i was expecting a lot but that film's also not that's the only film that i think he's directed that he has not written and that kind of shows because and a lot of people say that's actually why the favorite works more a lot of people love the favorite and say that's actually his best film because he didn't write it he just directed you know directorial style in that film and again like i really liked that film that's not a horror film at all that's just a period uh comedy i would say you know if anyone hasn't watched that film but i would say check that out too i would check out all his work but dog tooth like i said for some reason i've always i've heard about i think this is like one of his only actually um greek language films at least in his earlier work he might have had a few more but now he releases films more you know in english to i'm assuming you know for other for more worldwide people can watch it but dog tooth was actually i believe made in greece and you know like i said has the greek language so subtitles and i've like i said i've always heard about this film but i've always just kind of put it off for some reason no i don't know why i just i've always wanted to watch it and i knew it was on shutter and so like i said this is kind of a random pick for this week but like I said, it's on shutter so shutter obviously considers it a horror and i actually you know this movie really kind of is somewhat of a horror film it's very disturbing <laughs> when you think about it and there's some pretty good violence in the film i would say that i was not expecting at all a lot of you know violence that really kind of irked me put me like made me feel uncomfortable you don't see that a lot i think it's because the movie was not violent at all and then when those scenes happened you know there's a couple scenes we'll get into like um the first scene especially once the daughter gets hit with the vcr tape <laughs> that's when i was like whoa i was not expecting that at all but let's back back up a little bit so this film came out in 2009 at the uh, Cannes film festival and then kind of ran you know the film uh festival circuit and i think it came out i think maybe in 2009 2010 in the u.s and it basically like i said went through all the film festivals for like a year or two and i believe it won some sort of prize even at the Cannes film film festival i don't know which one exactly i don't think it won the del palmer which is like the best film but i believe it won an award there and then it actually got nominated at the oscars for best foreign language film it did not win but it got nominated so this film like i said a lot of people love this film and like i said so i decided to finally check it out and i'll be honest one of the main reasons i did not want to check out this film is because I knew there was a scene with a cat in it and this is going to sound so soft and I apologize because I know in the horror community you know you're, you love blood guts and gore I have a really hard time with animal cruelty and you get a lot of that in foreign films because you know you I don't I'm not going to say I agree with this that you see it more but you when I do reading and 
have heard, you know, other film critics talk, you know, a lot of times animals are a little bit more killed off in foreign language films, more so than in the U.S. I don't know the reason why, but, and then I, I've heard, I've actually read, I think, an article about Yorgos Lanthimos, which I didn't realize until before I was watching Dogtooth that he has a lot of animal deaths in his film that a lot of people, you know, think, so I forget what critic wrote the review or mentioned that they had a hard time watching his films. And I do remember in The Lobster, there is a pretty, it's not even so much gruesome, but you do see, you see um, a dog, a dead dog, and it's very bloody and it is very, and it's just like the way he shoots it, it just holds on them. And it is disturbing. And I just, I don't know, I'm not even, I don't even consider myself, you know, getting like older, getting in my older age, but for some reason, I just, I don't know what it is. I'm <laughs> turning 30 this year, and I don't know if that's something to do with that, but I just have a really hard time with animal deaths. And so I've, I'm always looking at the website. If anyone, you know, is the same way as me, you know, you check out doesthedogdie.com, and you get, you know, really with non-spoilers, you can look up to see if there's, you know, an animal death or anything, and they'll kind of tell you when to fast forward or, you know, how bad it is. And I knew there wasn't a cat death in this film. And I was just like, I don't really know if I want to watch this. Just because of that, I put it off for so long. I actually, I have three cats. So I'm just, I just don't like seeing that. And I knew, you know, he's, because he's Gorgos Lanthimos, he's not going to be, you know, it's not going to be quick and easy. It's just going to be, you know, it's probably going to show it. And I, like I said, I, I feel like when you look at the website, Does the Dog Die?, people on there are probably a little bit even more so than I am. So a lot of times when you read the reviews of the animal deaths, they're always, you know, I don't want to say they make it sound worse than it is, but I I've, have found that sometimes it is where they'll write and they'll be like, this is absolutely the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. And then I'll watch the film because I usually do watch it. There's a couple of times where I'll maybe fast forward it real quick, you know, if you have the timestamp for it. And I feel like a lot of times maybe I'm not as bad as a lot of the people that are on that website, I guess, or my tolerance is a little more better, I guess, than the people on the website. But that's way besides the point. You're not here to listen to that. But (laughs) yeah, so if anyone has this, you know, like I said, does the dog die? It's a pretty popular website, but that's a side note. But that is actually a reason why I put off this film for a while. But that scene actually has kind of important in this film. So the film is about these three, (laughs) this family, uh, husband and wife, and you don't get anyone's name in this film. They're all just referred to as dad, mom. There's an older sister, or there's an older brother, older sister, younger sister, and you just get referred to them as like son, older daughter, younger daughter, and like I said, brother and sister. They don't have no names, and they're basically the parents are just homeschooling. <laughs> I guess homeschooling is the answer, but sheltering them having them live they live in this gated almost compound house where it's a nice big house with a swimming pool and a big garden and yard but it's closed off to the community where they live and you don't get really any you don't know where they live you don't get any of that information in this film and basically the parents the mom and the dad the dad's the only one who goes out you know he goes to work he owns a factory and then he comes home through, you know, he has a car and he says the only way you can get out is through the car. And then basically that's, like I said, it's just them raising them, to, you know, separate from the world and their beliefs and just trying to shelter them from the world. And that's kind of, like I said, the premise of this film. <laughs> and it gets very dark. 
And this movie is extremely weird. I haven't even said that yet, but this film is really, really odd. Anyone, like I said, if you know Yorgos Lanthimos, you know what you're getting in with this film. But this movie is so weird. So, so weird. This is probably, I would almost say, maybe his weirdest movie. Maybe because it was so early in his career or he was swinging for the fence. But this movie is just so odd. And like I said, I enjoyed that. But I also didn't enjoy that <laughs> because I believe this film is a little bit over. It's about an hour and 40-ish minutes. I believe it's over 90 minutes. And I will say, you know, with, you know, my cons for this film is that this movie it drags a i I don't want to say a lot but it does drag it's very slow there's not a lot of action in this film it's very slow it's very quiet not even i guess quiet yeah it's quiet slow long shots and i was never really bored watching this film but i can definitely see people saying this film is boring nothing really happens and it's really just the conversations and some actions that you're kind of watching for and you're just kind of thrown into this world, this situation of these three kids who are getting older and they're like in their older teen. I believe the son guessing he's in his 20, early 20s and I think the girls are a little bit younger, but they're definitely in their teen, you know, their teenage years and they're starting to, you know, get older and there's a lot of lot of meaning behind this film. You can do a lot of, you know, deep dive into Dogtooth. And that's probably why it's so popular. And even today, going 10 years later, why this film still, you know, people talk about it and refer to it because there's a lot of meaning behind it. And I think, so like, I want to get, I'll get into that, but like, I'll just give you my impressions and what I thought. So I'm really, this is a mixed bag for me because I like Yorgos Lanthimos. I like weirdness and... I actually I liked the violence in this film because it is there is some violence and it is disturbing. It's just weird, disturbing. There's not a lot of like tension. It's not if you're a horror fan that's once you know with the music built up and tense scenes, you're not gonna get that in this film. It's more just disturbing and the atmosphere just kind of makes you unsettled. <laughs> and the acting's really well done. Like I mentioned earlier, he does with the acting. It's all the monotone, very just when they talk, they're just like can't think of any lyrics right now <laughs> or lyrics any lines right now but they're very just straightforward said with you know really no life behind them that's just his style and you get a lot of that in this film which like i said either you like or you don't like and i find that with yorgos lanthimos people either love his films or they hate his films there's really no in between but with saying that i will say this movie is really just a mixed bag for me because there's some things i really liked you know, and thinking about it later, you know, st I'm still thinking about this film and doing some research on it, reading about it. I appreciate it more. I will say, like I said, while watching the film, it does, I believe, drag. <laughs> it does. It does. I can't say it. You know, there was a lot of times I was looking at, you know, the runtime on Shutter, just, you know, like clicking up to see how much time was left, you know, 30 minutes in, I was like, we've got, you know, about an hour more left. You know, I feel like every 20 to 30 minutes, I was just checking the time. And like I said, it wasn't because I was so much not having a good time. It was just, the movie was just very long. It felt very long. And so, yeah, that's probably my biggest con with this film. Another con I will say is that there's a lot of nudity in this film. So much nudity that it almost <laughs> borderline felt like you're watching like a porno, to be honest. I was watching this film in my living room during the day with all my blinds open and you know it was a nice day outside and i was like man if someone just kind of walks by and is able to see into my living room just the way the film is shot and the way like 
almost want to say like the color is it really just kind of comes off as like an 80s 90s porno sometimes and there's just a lot of nudity and a lot of sex scenes and a lot of very awkward sex scene which that's what he was going for and you get it very early in the film a main you know pl- uh storyline is film you get it pretty much five minutes in is that the son now because he's like i'm gonna say like in his early 20s the dad who owns this factory hires i believe she works as like a security guard he hires her to come over and basically just please him you know his sexual urges and you get you see all the scenes where she comes her name is like christina and again she's just a character that's very just monotone as well they're all monotone that's just his world and he drives her over she's got like a blindfold on so she can't see where the house is and she basically just comes over and the son will just have sex with her but it's so very just like awkward and straightforward like a you know let's just get this over with this is just a job that i have to do and I understand where that's go- where he's coming from because the son, you know, doesn't understand sex. He doesn't know what it is, what it's for, how you're really supposed to do it. So when he's just, you know, going about it and being very just straightforward and awkward and not, I don't even know. But that's just kind of because they're so naive and confused and they just don't know what's going on. There's so much you can say with this film. Like I said, that I'm almost not smart enough to even talk about but so that's kind of a big plot line and this character christina um ends up you know while she's you know having sex with the older son she ends up talking you know coming in contact with the older daughter and the older daughter is kind of your main character i will say she's your most that you're going to kind of feel sympathy for because she's the one that's starting to rebel against the family that's basically she's kind of your main character i will say and keep going back and forth but you find out throughout the film a lot of stuff where they have certain words for like um they call different things like ninja the son asks what a ninja is at one point and the mom says oh it's the yellow flower so you just get a lot of little stuff like that where they're saying the words wrong you know what something is they're saying it totally different and and it's again just because they're so naive and so (laughs) they just they're at the kids are at the mercy of their parents and basically what they're teaching them they're just kind of set up for failure for the outside world basically and that's basically kind of a point of this this movie is making but where was i going at so yeah the main like the girl i said she ends up talking to the older daughter and because the son won't perform oral sex with her she asks the older daughter to and she says that she'll give her i think a headband at first and then once the daughter or the older daughter kind of knows what's going on, she refuses that a little later on in the film. That's when she asks for movies that she knows that Christina, Christina has two uh, VHS tapes and that basically she'll tell her dad, you know, what's going on unless she gives her these tapes. And then uh, the older daughter ends up watching these tapes behind all their backs. And she watches, I believe, Rocky. <laughs> and you get a good scene where she's acting out Rocky in her room her like rocky and apollo creed and she's got she's doing basically rocky's facial expressions and she's like pretending to get punched and she's like talking in his tone and spitting out water it's like almost like red water red juice or something like blood and that's a good scene right there but that's when like i said the violence starts when the dad finds out about the videotapes and she confesses to watching them and then he just wrote like <laughs> very um straightforward just says can i have some duct tape he duct tapes the 
VHS tape to his hand and then he just beats her with it in the head and it's so like shocking and disturbing and violent you don't get any blood in that scene but it hits her so hard and just the sound effects it's really like put it you weren't I was not expecting it so when it happened it really just like you know jolted me in I was like whoa <laughs> I was not you know I was not expecting that and then he goes over to Christina's house you know, because he knows that she's the one that provided the tapes. And then he just is talking to her about it. And then he just unplugs her VHS player. And then he smacks her on the head with it. And again, that's where the violence comes from. Like I said, the violence is maybe it's really brutal and just disturbing. And like, so yeah, I would say that's kind of, you know, your horror right there is the violence. And then we'll get to the end. There's a little bit more violence, which I'll save for towards the end, kind of going all over the place. But so yeah, those two scenes right there, you know, for being a horror fan, that's where the horror comes in this film, I would definitely say. But going way back, so like I'll say, in the cons, like I said, the sex scenes in this film, it's very disturbing, very weird, and very, you can see, a, you see quite a bit, to be honest, full frontal nudity for both male and female. And I don't know, I know that's what Yorgos Lanthimos was going for, and I can't question him, you know, and I think, you know, nudity is a little more accepted you know in probably greece and you know european countries than it is here in the united states so that's something as a u.s you know watcher viewer that i kind of have to accept that you know maybe that's a little that is a, from what i've read and heard that that's a little more accepted over there so maybe the audience you know watching this film at like the film festivals in europe you know maybe it probably didn't bother them as much you know as it really didn't, I wouldn't say it bothered me so much. It just, you know, you're not used to seeing that. So it's just a little more like, oh, <laughs> I guess it makes you just a little more uncomfortable. And I guess a lot of nudity. So I guess that's really two, my two cons for this film is more of the slow, um, slow pace, a little bit boring at times and just the nudity and the sex scenes. And it was just maybe a little bit overdone. You get a lot of it. But, you know, let's go into like what I said, what I liked about this film. I think this film is really well shot and I hate to say, you know, the film is weird. That That's why I liked it, but it is really weird. <laughs> and Yorgos Lanthimos, you know, he's making movies that are not your normal movies. I was reading that the reason he decided to write and make this movie was he was, you know, talking to some friends who were getting married and basically just talking about, you know, getting married and having a family and, I don't know what goes on in his head, but basically he just kind of was thinking of, you know, how to raise a family and just, you know, the ways to go about it <laughs> and how you can basically go that route if you really wanted to. It's a little extreme. And then that's what he kind of wrote this movie. And a lot, there's a lot of, you know, the main points of this movie, I would say the main metaphor, the main meaning, there's a lot you can really dig your teeth into with this film. But the main thing is basically being a parent, probably over being overbearing and overprotective of your kids i would say i don't have kids so you know i don't know that feeling but i could see parents definitely you know are people becoming you know gonna become become parents watching this or thinking about being parents you know i think about it all the time me and my wife talk about you know having kids you know if we decide we want to have kids or not but you know watching this film does you know raise some questions in my brain of you know how being overprotective can really you know go too far you can go too far <laughs> being overprotective and i think another message with this film because of what happens at the end is that you know you can as a parent not saying they're good parents but what they were doing being so overprotective being 
um, you know, I guess I keep saying overprotective, but that's really the right word, overbearing that your kids are either going to sometimes rebel against you or, you know, they're going to go their routes with the younger daughter at the end, basically kind of rebelling against the family and escaping. <laughs> so I, and I have seen that growing up. I've seen parents, family, friends who the parents are very strict and very controlling. And I've, you know, saw their kids kind of rebel against them. And I think that happens a lot. And again, I can't, I'm not a parent, so I can't, you know, can't really get on them so much because I understand, you know, as a parent, you're trying to do your best, you know, raising your child and keeping them safe and keeping them protected. But sometimes I think, you know, you got to just kind of let them live and things are going to play out the way they're going to play out no matter what. And of course, this movie is just taking that message to the extreme. There's no, you can't justify what this dad and mom are doing to these kids. But like, again, it's all just kind of a metaphor for this film and being overprotective parents. And I think that is kind of the main message, main kind of, like I said, meaning to this film. There's a lot more you can get into, but I think that's kind of the main thing right there. And then, and I kind of took it, you know, as a, took it from the kid's point of view of how, you know, your parents can kind of, I don't want to say screw you up, but basically you're kind of at their mercy for their beliefs a lot of times and what they're going to say because again going back to the cat scene so when the stray cat shows up in their garden the sun they don't even know what a cat is then they're terrified when they see it and also they believe that their other brother who doesn't exist is living was i think rebelled against the family so now he is living on the other side of the gate the wall that they can't see through and that's a lie from the dad just to kind of scare them. But <laughs> that, that he, I believe the son rebelled. So he was like kind of banished from the family and they would throw things over to him, even though they never saw or talked to him. But this cat shows up and they're so terrified because they don't know what a cat is. It's this harmless little kitten. And the son ends up killing the cat with garden shears. And just quick, like I said, that was the main reason why I was putting off watching this film, but it's not as bad. And there is an actual at the end of this film where he puts in the text that no animals were harmed during this scene. And you don't see actually the cat get killed. You just see him going with the garden shears towards the cat and it's quite a distance away. And then you just see the cat laying there bloodied later on. It's not as bad, but it is, you know, as an animal lover, a little disturbing. But the dad takes advantage of this situation. That's why I said it's kind of a big plot in the film, a big story plot, because the dad takes advantage of that situation and says that, you know, he like goes away and then he comes back and he puts like fake blood all over him saying that he was attacked by another cat and that the cat ended up killing the brother on the other side and that cats are, you know, humans, they're, they're, their biggest enemy is the cats and then he teaches them how to get on all fours and dark um, dark and bark like a dog to scare off the cats and then you see them all lined up even the mom and the brother and the sisters the daughters are all lined up and he's teaching them how to bark and it's just so wild and out there but you know they're taking it very serious because they're scared of this cat and they believe that cats are they killed their brother and they can kill them and again, like I said, it's so overdone, but it just really like, you know, hits home to the message of you really kind of just believe what your parents tell you or what others, you know, who 
are, you know, influencing you tell you what to believe when you're growing up. <laughs> and it is so wild. But that scene in particular, and like, again, there's certain words they say, they just believe everything their parents are so naive. But the dads tell the dad tells them that once they lose their dog tooth, their tooth, their one like, um, well, dog tooth, I guess, they that's when they're allowed to leave and that's when they're ready <laughs> and again i don't really know where that comes from i think it might have a little bit of mythology i really didn't get a chance to dig into that too much but that's why you know the film is called dog tooth but they say he says when you lose your dog tooth is when you're you're ready to leave the gated you know house compound whatever you want to call it and the only way you can get out is through car which again you see them the dad's the only one that leaves and comes back and like the movie's so weird <laughs> and i guess so i just want to talk a little bit about the ending but so yeah the older daughter starts to like i said she's starting to realize that the dad's probably been the both the dad and the mom have been lying to her and she's watching she gets a hold of these movies which she's watching and obviously watching that she's obviously going to realize there's a whole nother world out there and you even there's small hints to where she has to be called bruno because they have no names or brutus or bruno and it's just really weird there's you know the younger sister is like what is even what is a name and she's like when you call me this you know you just i will look at you you know i'll you know listen and hear you and there's a good scene where she keeps saying it and the you know the older daughter shows the older sister shows how you know she'll be looking away and then when she calls her new name she'll look back at her and it's like little small scenes like that <laughs> and so yeah she's starting to kind of figure out that something's going on this isn't right and i think another thing that happens too is basically when the christina the dad obviously when he hits her and basically bashes her head and doesn't kill her but he curses her saying i hope i curse your future children i hope they have bad behavior and bad influences since you ruined my family he says he tells her and that was actually kind of him cursing just a side note it's kind of you know pre before because the sacred deer basically is all about this kid cursing a family that's just a side note but it's just interesting watching the killing deer you know a film that he made years later about a young teenager cursing a family how you know that idea must be in yergo slanthmos's head <laughs> but seeing you know the dad curse the the worker that he hires it just was interesting but because she's fired now he's basically saying that the son can needs to choose one of the sisters to be his sexual partner for his um, urges and there's a real again a creepy scene where he's like sitting in a bathtub with his eyes closed and there's no one talking because he's just gonna feel them just to, to, for who he picks and then both sisters are naked and he feels the older one and then he feels the second the younger one and then he ends up choosing the older daughter the one that's already having these thoughts of um rebelling against the family and again it's a you see their sex scene and it's again it's very just disturbing and the older daughter plays it well because you kind of see that she's not enjoying it obviously and that she knows this isn't right and it's very sub like very small you know just you know good acting but it's not overdone and then she quotes um, um, lines from Rocky saying something about, like she'll kill him if he does it again or something like that. And again, the son just kind of, <laughs> my brother just kind of looks at her confused. But 
she ends up, they have this ending scene, probably, again, wild. And whenever you look up gifts for Dogtooth, this is the one you always see, where they're celebrating the parents' anniversary, and the dad says, you know, we're going to have cake. And the two daughters, sisters, and the brother perform kind of like a dance song act for the parents. The son's playing the guitar, and the two daughters are dancing. And it's just this very awkward because again they don't really know how to dance they haven't watched the only tv they watch is home videos of the family they don't watch anything outside you know actual tv or anything and then they don't know actually any songs from anything they only listen to what they recorded so they're just doing this like awkward dance and then the daughter the younger one says she's tired and the older daughter in an active rebellion starts dancing really wild and it's from a another film another like 1980s dance like movie that she watched and that i have not watched so i didn't know the dancing but you kind of get the point and she's doing this wild dancing from like the beginning when they're just doing this like kind of awkward little like side shuffle (laughs) and the dad obviously gets angry and knows what's going on and then she goes into the bathroom and another this is another violent scene when she grabs the dumbbell a little dumbbell and then she just knocks, like punches herself in the face, her mouth, to knock out her dog tooth. And again, it's so just straightforward and violent and gross and disturbing. That's where you get your disturbing scenes. And yeah, it's all bloodied. And she just knocks out her dog tooth. And the sink's all bloodied. And then she runs out. And she just goes into the trunk of the car and to hide to get out. And then the dad, you know, and the younger daughter another gross scene because she doesn't understand I don't even want to get into I guess but the younger (laughs) that's that she had the younger daughter ends up waking the dad and the dad just he goes into the bathroom he sees the bloody you know mess in the sink he sees the dog tooth and he knows what's going on he runs outside he's looking for the older daughter and then the 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 rest of the family because they don't know what's going on or they think because she might have got attacked by a cat they're just at the (laughs) just outside on all fours barking and again it's so just wild and out there but played straightforward where the acting i don't know as an actor i feel like i would just be like laughing or just like i don't know how many takes they had to do with this film but so the dad obviously knows that the young older daughter knows and is trying to get out but he doesn't look in the trunk and basically the next day i don't know they, they just kind of going back to their normal routine they'll find her and he drives to work and then the film you know he parks outside his factory and then the camera just zooms in on the trunk us as the viewers knowing she's in there and it holds it for a little bit you don't see anything happen then the movie ends and that's the end of the film right there you don't know whether the daughter you know just stayed in the trunk or if she ended up escaping and going back out you kind of don't know and that's kind of the way his movies end they end very ambiguous to kind of what you want to interpret and i kind of you know appreciate that and the way i would kind of look at is i don't know what happened to the daughter to be honest i think either she there's really only two ways she either got out of the trunk and ran off or either she got scared or just kind of didn't know what to do and just going to be in the trunk until the dad finds her and it's kind of again a bleak sad ending and i think that kind of just hits home the message of this film where these kids are just kind of screwed to be honest they're at the point now where they're too old and they don't you know they've been so 
out of this out of you know society and interacting with actual people besides their family members that they're kind of screwed they're, they're not going to be able to like what really what is the daughter going to do when she gets out of the trunk of the car there's really no happy ending because she's never been anywhere outside the house so either yeah she'll get out and just <laughs> wander around lost or I think that is kind of like the ending and the meaning is that she's kind of hopeless to be honest even though she's gonna re she's rebelling against her dad she's just kind of screwed to be honest because she doesn't know what's out there she doesn't know what to do and there's really no escape <laughs> for her you know she doesn't have a job or anything and that's yeah that's dog tooth right there for you <laughs> so if you've listened to this and you haven't checked out dog tooth i would say to check it out i think you know even if you know if you're only a horror fan i think this movie has enough horror disturbingness to it that it'll you know wet your appetite or whatever the right word is for that but <laughs> i do think this is a good film to be honest i could see why you know it's pretty popular in today's uh film whatever filmography and I was reading a good review where people were saying, you know, people, cinephiles that always say, I have watched everything. And they're like, well, watch Dogtooth next, you know, because that's just the out there film. And I will agree, you know, Dogtooth is out there. I'm trying to think if there's really anything else I can say about it. Like I said, I kind of covered everything I was <laughs> thinking about this film. It is really just, you know, an odd, odd film. <laughs> and I'm kind of curious to see what Yorgos Lanthimos does next. Like I said, he did The Favorite, which he only directed, but I kind of want to see him write a movie again because, like I said, I loved, loved The Lobster, which he wrote and directed, and I, I did. I would say this is probably my second favorite film out of his filmography. I know there's some other films I can check out, but Dogtooth, just because it's so out there and so weird, and I actually didn't know the route it was going to go, and I actually thought it was going to be, you know, this is kind of contradicting what I was saying about horror, but I kind of thought the movie, because just the poster for this film is like the daughter with like a bloody mouth and i actually had no clue where the route this movie was going i kind of figured going about halfway in towards the end that maybe she obviously she was gonna rebel i you know just i kind of knew the premise going into this film and i thought maybe it, i just didn't know where it was gonna go i thought maybe it violent to where they were all gonna like kill each other or something or fight and you don't get that so that's you know i guess you know good that with this you know, what I was expecting, that's not what I got. So the movie is a little more, um, I don't know. <laughs> and I, uh, just trying to figure out something else, but yeah. So like I said, I'm kind of hoping to see what else Yorgos Lanthimos writes and directs. I'm sure he's got other things going on in his head, but he's a very interesting writer and director. There's really no one like him right now. So <laughs> he's definitely someone to check out. And like I said, he's now he's pretty much big mainstream, and I hope he doesn't go in the Hollywood route. I hope he kind of stays with these weird indie films, to be honest. I kind of hope he stays true to himself. <laughs> so that's the mess. That's my hope for him. All right. So, yeah, that's probably going to do it for this week's episode. That was Dogtooth. And, you know, I'm looking to see what else I'm going to do for next week. There is some actually new foreign horror films coming out the next few weeks I got lined up. So we'll see. I might check out one of those to... Um, do a review on we'll see or maybe dive back into some older films but yeah so yeah if you want to follow the podcast you can always follow me at lights horror pod that's on twitter give the podcast a follow there 
and then you can follow my personal letterbox that's at kj steiner that's where i post all all the movies and miniseries that i'm watching and give it a review and rating and i also have like lists my best of the year list i'm always kind of updating those from the past few years whatever you know movies i'm watching i don't think i have any other a list for 2009 so i can't put letter i can't put dog tooth you know in a list or anything but i will say i definitely did enjoy this film <laughs> But I hope everyone's doing good. Currently, right now, where I'm at in Ohio, it's actually 80 degrees outside, so it's pretty nice and warm. I hope everyone's staying safe. You know, I hope, you know, good weather's coming now with spring. And I hope everyone's doing well. And I'll check you guys out next week. So until then, take care. Bye-bye.